Hello and welcome Yo. to the Clink Tank Chair. Welcome. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Clinky, the Clink Tank, where we talk about anything and everything under the sun except politics. Ah, oh, love that Zoom delay. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Zoom delay, that is a pretty name. I think I'm going to name a kid that. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Maybe Zoom delay can can grow up and be friends with Moon Unit Zappa. Yes. Well, she's, I mean, Moon Unit's now like, what, 40, 50? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That kid won't never catch her. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm Patrick Dadahai, and with me today is... Rob Weiss. Maddie Box. Shawnee B. And Gary Bernard Donardo. And special guest Seth Alcorn. That's right, I'm back. <laughs> You're no longer special. <laughs> wow. Typical guest. Uh, I mean, that's, that's technically true. I've been on like five of these things now. I mean, so like you're basically recent. a mini series. <laughs> He's a reoccurring character. <laughs> and truly, he is a character. Welcome, Seth. Hey! Yeah. You and we love having you. For those who I, may not have caught you on earlier episodes, how might the folks know you? <laughs> well, are we already doing plugs? What a surprise! <laughs> you might know me uh, from Arrow Chapter and Verse, which is the uh, one of the podcasts that I run where Patrick is my co-host. And if you well, don't that know me guy's... from that podcast, you might also know me from How I Spent My Allowance, which is, which is another podcast I run that Patrick is on. What? And Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, we're joined by three other people. We're joined by Riley Bartlebaugh, Naomi Collard, and James Finley, and on that podcast, we discuss old D&D novels from the 80s. Uh, by the way, on Arrow, Chapter, and Verse, we discuss Arrowverse shows. So that's that old. All the shows in the Arrow, oh. CW, Arrowverse. Verse. And there are so many of them, and they just keep greenlighting more. They do. Didn't you say you went like through 300 episodes in a few months? Uh, I went through roughly 300 Arrowverse episodes since late last December. Gee, yeah, I didn't join lot. him till like what February, March. It was, it was, I forget which episode when I'm, oh no, that's right. Uh, it was I, February because we recorded in my house. That's true. Oh, uh, oh. it was February, it was technically episode 70, but I like to call it season two, episode one. Yeah, uh, and it just happened that I, I ended on uh, 69 with the, the original series. <laughs> oh, no. Nice. And oh, it, it always terrible. It sucks when you end up on 69. I hear it blows. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little something for everybody in 69. There uh, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah. And we are, so we're continuing our ongoing series, What You Rolled. And uh, today's movie was Ghost World, chosen mm-hmm. by our own Shawnee B. Shawnee yep. B, what was your category that you my, my category was ScarJo, and it was good ScarJo. <laughs> so this is As what opposed I to bad ScarJo. Yeah. As opposed to bad ScarJo, correct. This is what I had to say about the movie before I even saw it. In order to get a good ScarJo, we had to go back to Ghost World. 
Wait, before we start that, can we talk about the drink real quick? I was just oh, about we should, to. We should. We well, should. I was going to segue. Oh, sorry. <laughs> segue! Or oh, a reverse segue. I'll drink to that. Clink. Clink. Well, I was go- what I was going to say is if you want to talk about a good Sarjo, I want to talk about this drink. <laughs> and was this Gary's creation? This was. This is, this is Gary's creation. Gary, tell us what we're drinking. Uh, so what you are enjoying tonight is the lovely 7-Up Cell. Ooh. Um, What's in a 7-Up nice. Cell? <laughs> seven nice. ingredients, thank you for asking. Oh, my God. Because it's not, really seven? Seven up. <laughs> it seven. it's not just a 7-Up. It's not just a 7-Up. It's a 7-Up Celled. Yes. Uh, sold? <laughs> Upsold? Upsold. Uh, so I did. I don't know. I'm not a grammarian. <laughs> so this contains I like 7-Up Cell. Titos. <laughs> <laughs> vodka. So it's got uh, some Tito's vodka, seven up, a little bit of grapefruit juice, some lime juice, lemon juice, some muddled mint, mm-hmm. a t- and a twist of orange in there. Mm. Twist of orange. Well, I that... do enjoy me a little bit of citrus. If yeah. you hadn't picked up on that, it's clearing um, up Mama that likes scurvy. A tart. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a lighter drink. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. summery. Very. Very crisp. Very I really, crisp. really like the the mint. I the the mint to me really sets it off and and gives it that nice clean finish. Mm-hmm. So I like it. And it's got Very one tasty. of those. It's got one of those uh, flavor combinations that you can add more vodka if you want. Than I suggest <laughs> oh, the original recipe. <laughs> recipe, and <clears throat> it will still remain tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sad mine didn't turn out nearly as pink as yours. Well, you well, did, he used pink grapefruit juice, didn't you? Did well, you? mine's ruby yeah. red, but I think just the brand I used. It, I think like, it's because you put too much vodka in. So. <laughs> Man, that is not it. Are, are you saying, Rob, are you saying that ruby red quit on you? It really did. <laughs> ruby red. Ruby Rod. That's Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. I ain't got no, I ain't got no matches. It's Co- super green. Coben Dallas. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback to season Aww. one. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> oh, I love it when we throw back. That was a good drink, too. If I remember. Mm-hmm. It was a very good drink. Um, it was the Ruby Red. It was the Ruby Red, yeah. Ruby Rod. Or Ruby Rod. Yes, yeah, it was the Ruby Rod. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've had so much 7-Up Cell. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a dangerous episode because I, yes. like a good girl, chose to wait to start drinking uh, oh, weird. for the podcast, whereas the other... Uh, Jokers. <laughs> member, some members of the panel decided to drink throughout the movie. Isn't oh. that our shtick to be shit faced? I, I, I drank throughout the movie. I just didn't drink the seven upsell throughout the movie. I did wait. What we for learned. The seven upsell. What we learned in season one, episode one, I thought, or episode episode two. Episode two is where I think we really learned it because we had had a meeting before we recorded and we were drinking during the meeting. And then by the time we started <laughs> the podcast, we were at where we normally are at the end of the podcast. <laughs> we learned so, to, I won't say pace ourselves. Yeah. I mean, Patrick, Stagger. you could have called it the drunk tank. <laughs> well, I think, 
<laughs> I think uh, someone else has that, right? Well, no, the drink tank. They've the got drink, that. The drink tank oh. was my original name, and then uh, your local Hooskow has the drunk tank. Yeah, um, I think there's a there, was, but there is a drunk tank already too. Yeah. But no, I, we fuck. could call it the clunk tank. But I written, I like the clink tank. What the fuck is the problem with you? <laughs> I can't go clink to that. We're <laughs> just saying what we would have called it. You know what? You know what, Patrick? I apologize. I apologize you because you know what? <laughs> you didn't try to rename my drink, so I won't rename your podcast. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I would have called it a Seymour vodka, but that's just me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But tart enough. I had to figure out something that sort of fit into the show yes. without mm-hmm. having ever seen the show. Yeah. Ah, true. Uh, there we go. That. Yeah. Fair enough. All I knew was that one scene, and it was just because I looked it up. I was like, beverages in Ghost World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what I would have called it's- it? <laughs> yeah. What would you have called this drink? <laughs> it was going so. No, well, I mean, you really it. like what the name already is. I really do. I really do. I would not. I would not change the name uh, at all. But just when I, you know, if if I were coming up with a drink for this movie, I would have probably named it like Ghostface Chiller. Oh. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like yes. Seven Up Cell. I'm with. You. I no no. I I absolutely agree. I when <laughs> when you said the name Seven Up Cell, I was like, nice, nicely done. Ghostface Chiller. I mean, a name I like that ain't nothing to fuck with. I also <laughs> revealed the name right in the moment of the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is that when you picked the name? No, I had already oh, picked okay. the name before. And uh, I just, I sent it to everybody As when, she, when that scene was happening. That makes sense. Yes. Lovely. Aww. Lovely. Um, so why don't we jump into Ghost World? Um, I guess. <laughs> do, I think uh, you might be the only podcast that is ever reviewing Ghost World. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be, this might be our claim to fame. <laughs> you know, I, I also doubt it. <laughs> this I is what, like this is what should at least get Scar Joe's attention for us. Yeah, yeah. come on, Scar Joe. Yes, I mean, we made. I'm her. sorry if she didn't get if we didn't get her attention with the porn one. I'm not sure if this is going to get it. <laughs> well, we did. Also, I'm not sure I want her attention if we didn't get it with the porn one. <laughs> we weren't talking specifically about her with the porn. Episode. When were we not talking about ScarJo? I'm always <laughs> talking about ScarJo, even when my mouth is shut. This is true. He will not shut up about it. Uh, I'm a little worried, stalker. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Uh, anybody want to, you know, anybody got anything to say right off the bat? Do we want to do a little front street on this movie? Um, Does someone want to start with a synopsis or something? I don't even know where to to start with this. Shawnee, well, so it starts. It actually starts with the two girls um, that are just graduating from high school. It, well, it starts before that. Okay, because <laughs> we've got the the Indian dance rock number. Some oh, of the that, best choreography right. I have ever seen. Oh Which, man, uh, 
I think they just made up dances in the 60s so that everyone could feel like they could dance. <laughs> it is that actually was a very strong opening with the with the with the girl in the gold lame doing the shimmy shake and she's like all up in your face you're right you're right that is where we start and my question i actually wrote this down which i should look at my notes um but in the second window so they they start like they go with the tv and then there's a window and then in the second window, I swear to you, that's Ron Jeremy watching the television. <laughs> it does look like it, doesn't it? It, it looks like Ron Jeremy. It is not yeah. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, come on. It's no. not the hedgehog. It is, uh... <laughs> is that what they called him? Yes. Yes. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Why? Because he could blow himself. Hmm. Oh. Well, so why the hedgehog? Right. Because they roll the so you roll into, oh. yeah, yeah. All right. And he's also yeah. and he was also, you know, he's also hairy. He's he's a hairy guy. Um, okay. So, he can run right. supersonic is... speeds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Um so yeah, we go, yeah, we're that's um our, well, it's that's our the opening. That's our opening. The title mm-hmm. sequence, and it's like, yeah. I, well, I know when I saw it, it was kind of my first exposure to like a Bollywood movie. Mm. Just, just that that little clip, like, or and the fact that they do musical numbers in their in their movies. Uh, I think mine was the Love Guru. Do you remember that movie? Uh-huh. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I got nothing. That's a bad comedy. <laughs> but that's <laughs> well after that. <laughs> All right, so let's come on, people. So, so then, then we go to the graduation where um, there is a girl in a wheelchair who's giving the a speech, and her opening line is "High school is the training wheels on the bicycle of life," which <laughs> right. I thought was kind of hilarious. Wait, oh. she said that. Before you realize she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And then you pan out, correct. <laughs> and what's what's interesting to me is that a lot of what they do in these first two scenes is to try to set up Enid as being somewhat justified. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're doing? That's, that's what it felt like. Okay. She, like, like she's reflecting on the irony of her surroundings. And it's okay. and it's just yeah. So there's the girl in the wheelchair gives a speech that is only different from every other stereotypical high school graduation speech because she's in a wheelchair. But she says the same things. Like you yeah. could you could take yeah. anything uh, and put it in the place of accident and say, and I learned that you need faith, hope, and a sense of humor, and call it a day. Yeah. And insert dance team, rap dance team. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so nineties. I was living. <laughs> and and that comes directly after she says, "and a sense of humor." And then you come out with with the with the dance rap team, like Ooh, like that was their everything cue. with graduation. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and like that was their cue. Yeah. Um, and then. As they're exiting from the graduation, the banner that says "Congratulations, whatever class or whatever," um, I there 
our sponsorship logos from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, shit. Now I can't remember. I didn't uh, remember. Dunkin' Donuts uh, and two others. I, I, I my, Yeah. It'll but they it. had corporate sponsorship for their for their for their yeah. graduation. Yeah. Yeah. Now then Edith and Becky go to the dance. And this was one of the least well, believable parts of this for me, because why would they be there? Hold on. Before the dance though, we actually cut to they go out to the lawn where yeah. Edith does find out, which comes into play later. Right. She finds out that she does, has not actually received her diploma. She has to take a summer class, an art, a summer art class. Yes. And it's to be said that Enid's played by Thora Birch, uh, who I always will think of as little girl from Hocus Pocus. Well, it's not, it's hard <laughs> not to because she basically played her the same way. Yeah. I never saw Hocus Pocus. I just think of her as the daughter from American Beauty. Wait, is that, that also her? That is also yeah. her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like they there's <laughs> okay, I, okay. So <laughs> one of the things that I thought about that movie is that they had to change a line because Thora Birch is um, well endowed, busty, busty. I was she like, large she got a big dick. <laughs> she got no, no. <laughs> well, well endowed can refer to both bosoms. And peni. She got tickle bitties. She, she got a big <laughs> vagina. The, yes, that's no, we're not saying that about the river. Uh, and the heavy no. flow. <laughs> there was that scene in American Beauty where she's telling her boyfriend that she was saving up money for breast augmentation, but and then she kind of shrugs. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be like they didn't intend that to happen. <laughs> oh. Like they were filming and then it was like, oh, well, hmm. Uh, yeah. This doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like they cast her and then overnight she just, boo? Something like that. <laughs> no. I like how titties that's, grow. That's how anatomy happens. I, you know. <laughs> I'm not a good nurse. voice changed throughout this. Like it started off higher and then got lower as the film progressed. Well, she gives me hope that a raspy voice actor can be successful because I often sound like that. But I felt like this was like she was because like her her voice was kind of changing through the movie. Matt, I think you're going to have to move closer to your laptop because I don't think your microphone is actually. Can you hear me now? Yep. Uh, Yeah. I, I was saying that her, throughout the movie, her her voice, um, I felt like her her she was maturing within the movie. Yeah, because you could hear her voice go even deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, I was like, when she it was one point she was talking, I was like, damn, she is a baritone. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, and, and the whole reason that we're watching Ghost World is because Sean's category was ScarJo. So this was, <laughs> so we were watching for ScarJo, and this is a very young ScarJo. Very young. But she has the voice of a 40-year-old smoker. Who's <laughs> uh, had a yes. rough life. Um, uh. But uh, so she is Becky. So like I said, Thor, Thor Birch is Enid. She is Becky. Uh, this movie came out just 
2001. Um, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So we are. Yeah, <laughs> the at least. And the other thing I want to say about the high school students, uh, it seems as though Thor Birch and ScarJo are the only two who are actually of high school age. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> Jesus. What the? Uh, what's her name? Um, which I should. Uh, I call her the Narc because she is definitely running some 35. sort of jump street program. She's thirty-five <laughs> at least. At yeah. least. Um. <laughs> So Thora Birch was 19, I think, when this came out. So yeah. she would have been 18 when it was filming. Yeah. So and that um, seems appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and Steve Buscemi was a whopping 47? Yeah, but he was no. appropriate. 42. What? Was he, he 40, was 42, 42, 42, 42. 42. Even so, yeah. that's, that's at least five years older than I guessed. Right, but he... I, I don't know what you're playing a high schooler. Yeah. No, I, I, no, well, I feel he like he came in and said, what up, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was another movie. Oh. <laughs> that, that was a different movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, what was that movie? <laughs> oh, no, I'm was sorry. That, that, that wasn't a movie. That was 30 Rock. It was, oh, it was yes. Th- when he was the detective on 30 Rock, and he was yeah. <laughs> saying that he had been a part of a Jump Street program. and he goes into like a classroom and it's old ass steve buscemi who looked old always what's up fellow students or (laughs) or fellow fellow teens or something like that yeah he was 42 when they were filming this but um so from the lawn we go to the party Uh oh and you mentioned that she failed the art class yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So she has to do summer school, in which her best friend laughs. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, because it's also it's a summer school art class. I mean, right. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. But the teacher's taking it real serious, though. Yeah, well, we'll is. get to her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ileana, Ili- is it Ileana Douglas? No. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. uh, Place the art school teacher but we go to this party where they are just ragging pretty much on everybody everyone (laughs) um and this is where we really get to see just how horrible our um our leads are yes they're terrible people they're terrible they're just mean to everyone (laughs) yeah yeah and each other Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that comes out more later, but yeah. yeah. I mean, also, like, uh, spoiler: Enid is suffering from undiagnosed depression. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, clearly. Yeah. Um. And probably Becky too, I would say. Yeah, Becky less. So at least, like, she seems like functioning. Y- yes, yeah. she's she's a functional depressed person yeah. <laughs> i'm familiar yes uh, aren't we all uh. <laughs> which uh, remember 2001 where not everyone was like that i know i know where where these girls were the odd ones yeah. <laughs> you know but it's like it was just the you know this was the peak behind the door to come it's like yeah uh because 
They're all like this now. Anyway. Hello, zeitgeist. <laughs> um, so onward. Uh, at this party, we, um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. We got the old teenagers. We've got, um, yeah, nothing really happens at the party. Nothing Most of the movie. movie. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, <laughs> it's just a hard one. I don't think we, again, much like Blazing Saddles. Uh, which you'll hear after this, people. But <laughs> yes, surprise, indeed. you're going to get Wait. to hear my saddles. <laughs> but, um, th- this movie, I don't think we need to take scene by scene. No. no. Uh, Let's do concepts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is this, is, a- <laughs> this is a slow entropy of a relationship between two girls. Yeah. Yes. And, they're, and one of them in particular has... A more dramatic journey, a more dynamic journey. Mm-hmm. Well, bigger journey. Yeah. Um, I I felt like I liked. Um, I thought I wish there was a little bit more of that their relationship, her and Scarjo's, as opposed to her and C. Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I felt like Scarjo didn't really have much of a part in this movie. To be honest with you, I, I was, have to agree. I yeah. I also I thought as a not and I'm not picking on your pick, Sean. Yeah, it, it is a it is a Scar Joe movie. It's good, and and frankly, <laughs> she's good in it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. But she plays her role beautifully. Yeah. I have a feeling she was underfeatured. Yeah. I mean, that, exactly. again, I I not I, not that I'm defending because I but I I hadn't defend seen defend yourself. Either. Go. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. And you know she was she's second build. She's in the she's on the poster. Right. And and my whole point was it's it's well rated. It had some uh, Oscar nominations, uh, maybe just one. Um, um, and so I I thought she would, to be perfectly honest, have a little bit more of a role. So there mm-hmm. there is not as much ScarJo as I would have loved. If I mean, accurate. Yeah. If I had known that you hadn't seen it. I would have mentioned that she is, yeah, she's, even though she is the, like you say, second build, it is truly Enid's journey that we yeah, watch. It is. And, and I, it's, I, it's more Steve Buscemi and Enid, like uh, Matt mentioned, than it is really ScarJo, which, which we haven't gotten to that point yet where yeah. we were talking about. <laughs> but him it, it's also, but. yeah, like I, I was confused too, having, only like seeing the previews in the poster, I thought ScarJo was going to be in it more. And also, having read the graphic novel, I remember Becky being a bigger part of that and Seymour being a not as big part of that. But it's been a while since I read <laughs> yeah. the graphic novel. Oh, so. yeah. interesting. This is yeah. Ba- yeah, this is based yeah. on a graphic novel. Yep. Right. That's what I heard for the graphic novel that Seymour, the only part that Seymour has in the graphic novel is the part where um, they fake the, the fake blind date. And they see him get stood that's up. That's it. Stood up. That's it. And so the writer, the writer of the comic book, also wrote the screenplay for this. Um, okay. And they, he just, he wanted to focus more on that relationship. Which, I mean, I really feel like that was a grave mistake in my mm. opinion. I mean, Bashimi was great. I, no, he I was. Know, he did great. Yeah, he was yeah. fantastic. He I'm was just good. more like plot wise. What the hell was the point? So let's jump out on on Front Street. Yeah, but you you were saying, Rob, 
you said mm-hmm. plot wise, you were saying what was the point of the whole yeah. movie? Well, I mean, in general, I did write, what is the point of this movie? <laughs> that was one of my biggest notes. Um, Literally, it's the biggest thing written on the <laughs> But it, No, I was just like, okay, she's like toying with this guy. And I feel like that very much like kind of shows them like just not giving a fuck about people and like, looking for opportunities to kind of just fuck with people for their own entertainment. And I get that. And I, I felt like that kind of like was brought through and I'm not sure if it was made to be like to humanize him. And that's what that whole plot was. But I just felt like if that was the point, it, it wasn't really brought home at all. Like it, it, it felt like it kept it, it like just got more drawn out in fucking with someone rather than or humanizing him and still fucking with him i'm not yeah i I guess i just didn't see why we were exploring his their relationship so much there was uh, i i think that was more for her than for him Mm -hmm. i I did think there was a lot of like extra steve buscemi business Mm -hmm. when he wasn't on screen with enid that was a little weird for me yeah, that's uh, true. Mm-hmm. Like that scene where that scene in the office of Cook's Chicken could have, spoilers could have been taken care of with one line later on. Like, yeah, I lost my job. Yeah, you know, you know but yeah. And so, yeah, it. I guess we should mention that what she does is. You Wait, know, have we gone front street yet? Or we? What are we doing? We, we have keep it. skipping over Front Street. We do. We keep starting and jumping. Okay, Front Street. Down on Front Street. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of this movie, Rob? And give it a letter grade. Oh God. Okay. Um, I, 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 I felt like there was a lot of really good acting in this movie. I felt like the plot wasn't fully there it was a concept or an idea without a story um so i'm i'm gonna give it a c c okay uh let's go to matt uh i um definitely can see why sean picked this because i could see why it was rated so high um i agree with rob the performances were great all around i thought the dialogue was good but it kind of it kind of had the and a lot of movies at that time in the early 2000s had the high schoolers don't really talk this way kind of thing and it's just they're they're very it's too literal uh, it's too literal sometimes um and not as realistic uh i have to be honest with you i fell asleep during it um so i do <laughs> I, 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 I know i i I thought it was kind of boring and I have to give it, I have to give it, I have to give it a D plus. Wow. Yeah. Shawnee B. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I liked, I, I think that uh, both of you are absolutely correct in that. And what I didn't realize before I watched it is that this is a period, it's a period piece. So it, it, it's it's very 2001 it's very like it's 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 late 90s it's early 2000s and i feel as though that like anxiety and that 
not maybe anxiety is is not the right word, but I feel like it it's a slice of what was going on and what was happening um, around that time. I loved the performances. I I disagree a little bit that the plot it, it was very slow. I will agree with that. It, it was very slow, but. I thought that there was substance there and, and I was able to follow it and, and thoroughly enjoy it. So I would actually give it a B solid, good, solid B. Gary. Thora Birch was a terrible actress in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. Shot she played, she played the same role in Hocus Pocus. All right. No, she just played it the same way. That's what I meant to say. She was brilliant in Pocus Pocus. She was, (laughs) as a tiny girl. Unfortunately, she was trying to play a tiny girl in a girl's body, in a woman's body, trying to have sex with Steve Buscemi. Well, now that's... mm, I know she wasn't trying to. Yes, yes. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I, I did not like this movie. Um, I... I give it a C minus because ScarJo, best acting in the movie for a serious role. I think we could probably all agree she is the villain. Mm. If one has to be picked. That's interesting. I think Enid's the villain. I was gonna say I'd say yeah. Thor Birch is the villain. I think Enid. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But that's your opinion. And you're <laughs> and 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 much like you know uh, what do you call it um, in the court? Oh, we need our clink tank lawyer. The summations, yeah. uh, you know, nobody can you know overrule or object to your summation. Closing arguments, yeah, closing argument, closing argument. You can yes. say whatever the fuck you want. It's, oh, great. It's, it's your opinion. I beautiful and a thong. <laughs> and in conclusion, Carthage must be destroyed. That's for you <laughs> classics majors out there. Seth? Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Oh. Like, I, I like the graphic novel. I, for the most part, like this adaptation of it. I thought it could have been cut in a few places, could have been a little bit shorter. Um, but I thought it was a decent movie about growing up and growing past high school. Um, There again, like I said, it's been a while since I read the graphic novel. There are some things that I thought were a little bit, uh, but I understand why given the progression of the movie, that's why things happened. And given who Enid was and is, or was at the time of the events, um, they made sense. Okay. Electric. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not care for this movie. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I I liked the acting of Steve Buscemi. Uh, I liked Thor. I thought Thor Birch. For what she was doing, was doing it well. I thought Scar Joe <laughs> was doing what she was doing well. Um, I love, uh, oh gosh, the guy who played Enid's father. Oh, Bob, he's always wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Balaban? Bob yeah. Balaban, he's just always a delight. Um, but 
this is one of those movies where uh it's hard like the characters are so unlikable the leads are so unlikable and it's not even it they're just so I'm, i just have to say entitled little white girls that it just is uh yeah, yeah it's it's so hard for me to look at this and be like you know both of you need to be just put in timeouts you're you're you're, 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 yes. you're, you're and but to such a degree that it's like yeah the, there was i found nothing redeeming about either one of them and so for you know i can i can take an unlikable character when you show me some spark or something that i can grab onto either explaining why they're so unlikable or that they're not totally unredeemable but i got no- nothing e- nothing. No, no, no. Yeah. nothing from either <laughs> of them even uh even scarjo who seemed to be or i should say becky who seemed to be a little more mature in trying to get her life on track was still you know, with what, how she, what she did to her friend by exposing what they did to, to Seymour just blatantly and flat out calling him a dork, you know? Right. right. Um, they're well, uh, sorry. No front street. I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like I said, it was, you know, hard to watch slow paced. I give it a D. Yeah. Interesting. Like, okay. There it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and again, this movie, pro- <laughs> as apparent by the complete lack of uh, African American representation, other than background. What's a black person? Yeah. Whatever yeah. major city they're in. Thank you, friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> friends, the show, like, being in New mm-hmm. York City. Oh, no, yet, I was with you. That there are no black people around. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like I, most like, major cities. Clearly, this movie wasn't made for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. Except for the fact that you want to try to <laughs> half-heartedly... Uh, talk about the blues talk about No, talk about racism uh, through advertising uh, oh. of the chicken place going from being called Coons in... Coon's chicken in to Cook's chicken in or whatever. Yeah. And showing, you know, the um minstrel uh portrait. The several minstrel logos. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. You could say it's along the lines of the black sambo. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um just look, but I mean, like, especially like I don't know if that was something they mocked up for the film in particular, but that advertisement was rough. Like it, it's, the it's the kind I don't I don't remember. Like I'd okay. have to go. I don't think it was. Like I don't think we got that much of Seymour. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think okay. so. But again, it's been a while. Like was it, the art it, teacher in it? Because she was wonderful. <laughs> she was my favorite. She actually was wonderful, yeah. <laughs> One of the best parts of that movie. But another horrible person, a horrible teacher. Oh, yeah. horrible. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, garbage. Yeah. 
Um, my favorite line though was said to her from someone we never got her name. And it was, oh, censorship. Oh, that is such a big word for you, Roberta. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the museum Amazing. worker. Yeah. Yes. And or the, or, yeah. Another teacher. The gallery. It was the, the gallery worker where oh, they yeah. were having the art show. Yeah. That, that was wonderful. <laughs> I, <know>. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> my other favorite is when, um, oh, but tragedy, Brad Rinfo, Brad Rinfo. Yeah. In this movie, and then um, he died. Uh, Which one was Brad Renfro? Josh. 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 Okay. Um, Died. I liked him too. Yeah, he was like he was a somewhat likable character. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, just a guy. (laughs) Just a guy. I didn't do much with him either. Like I thought they were gonna tease, all it took. Well, I, I thought they were going to tease like a relationship between ScarJo and him, or some kind of something going on with them. But it just like she looked at him longingly, and then it just never happened again. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There they, was a lot of stuff that we missed out on because they were concentrating on Enid. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But even that, they kind of hinted that there might have been like some sort of love triangle. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like they're both were interested in Josh, but, you know, wouldn't go after him because the other had feelings. Right? But yeah. we never got into that. That I think would have been far more interesting. Yeah. Um, my favorite <laughs> my, scene though is when he's making an ice cream for that little kid. <laughs> All right, Patrick, tell it. I, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say my favorite scene, especially involving Josh, is <laughs> when um, Josh works at like a little convenience store that also has ice cream parlor, I guess. And he's making a Sunday for this little kid who's with his mom, and with her mom. And Enid walks in with uh, Seymour and Josh turns around and sees him and in shock drops the Sunday, the kid's Sunday he had just completed. And yeah. the kid starts to cry. <laughs> that was funny. I can watch kids crying all day. I don't give a shit about it. I don't it. give a <laughs> shit about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the photograph on my wall of a girl crying at a Ren Fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. But, <laughs> but I mean... There I were, love kids crying. <laughs> there were things in the movie that were were good, and there were nuggets. But again, as a whole, the pace of this movie is painful almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I was gonna say the there's another small character that got the mullet guy in the grocery the convenience yes. store. Yeah, the ripped mullet guy. Um, I, well, his name is Dean was, Sheridan. Yeah. He reminded me of, um, oh shoot, uh, Matt Stone's character from Orgasmo. Yeah, yeah. Like they they had the same mullet and basically the same energy. Yeah, yeah that it seemed like he was in a different movie than everyone else. It, very much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Which I really enjoyed, but still, it was just out of nowhere. I actually but, wanted to follow his story. <laughs> I wanted more of him. I did. What's his arc? <laughs> um, but that actor, when I saw him, I was like, he looks so familiar. And um, he was the antagonist in Bubble Boy. 
the um, okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh-huh. also in um, Scary Movie, the Scary Movies. Uh, yes. He was uh, Dewey. That's where I recognize. Yes. Yeah, that's where I recognize. Yes. Uh, but in this, he is ripped. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I feel like this movie was sort of like the antithesis to a buddy film. Ooh. You watch as they fell apart. Hmm. Yeah. And like actually fell apart instead of yeah. getting back yeah. together in the end. But no, they still they still are there for each other in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that I she... mean, the, the ending of this movie is <laughs> except for that they were awful. <laughs> well, but once you know, you know, like, well, Steve Buscemi ends up well, in the ho- hospital because uh, he gets choked out by nunchuck uh, guy, nunchuck guy with his <laughs> nunchucks. After you know, because he goes after Josh after dumb. finding out that from ScarJo that. They set him up on a fake blind date. Um, and so, you know, because it's Becky who told, you know, that there was already friction between the two. Um, so you would expect that that was like the straw when she found out that she was the one who told Seymour. But after she visits Seymour, after Enid visits Seymour in the hospital, we get a little scene with Becky and Enid together, and they're kind of taking care of each other, and and they hold hands. And mm-hmm. right, uh, but doesn't Enid at the end like get on a bus to go to who the fuck knows? On a magic bus. Well, but that's ah, we're too, you're too far ahead. <laughs> Are we? I thought we were I'm done. <laughs> well, well we, we, yeah, we're. I mean, uh, construct the construct the pathway. You know, we're 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 taking this concept by concept instead. I of guess if they if they were still doing well, if they were at the end of this movie, still there for each other, and still like you know in a healthy whatever the fuck their relationship was, I I don't see why she's leaving at the end. Did why are, did why aren't they being roommates? Did anybody get the hint in their last scene that there might be some unresolved tension there? Oh God! Yes, okay. yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I said this is watching them fall apart. Well, right, that, but that's why they're not rooming together. Right, they're growing apart because neither one of them can admit that aspect of their relationship. I guess that was kind of my point was I didn't think they were ending in a healthy spot. I th- I think oh, they no, were I mean, ending I, in an unhealthy spot, but with no actual communication that it was unhealthy. No scene where it like really blew up between them. It was hey, like, yeah, we'll kind of be roommates. <laughs> and, but, you know, and then she just leaves. Yeah. Well, there's also <laughs> like, there's, uh, there's other stuff going on. Like, uh, and Patrick talked about this a little bit before. Becky, back an unfortunate choice of name in these <laughs> times, is I think um, highly appropriate. By Karen, is becoming. Uh, she's adapting. She's gone. Okay, this is what life after high school looks like, and I'm actually kind of comfortable with it. There are a number of times where Enid does something 
to be mean for the sake of differentiating herself from what she sees as how society works mm-hmm. that Becky is Becky's like, no, I, I don't think that's a problem. Like when she wants to go to the show, like I kind of, I kind of want to go to that show, whatever. That's not cool. That's a dumb thing to do. Uh, well, even when she tells her she got fired from the movie theater. Yeah. And she's like, well, what kind of moron loses their job in a day? And she says, well, I said this. He's like, well, why would you ever say that to someone? Uh, you know, so, yeah, you see that Becky kind of has moved to from just saying the things that they would say off the cuff to anybody to keeping that just between the two of them, whereas Enid can't help herself. Yeah. She, she says whatever comes to her, her head. And, and she has to because she's trying to prove that she's not those people, which is one of the weird things about the movie. Even though Enid is essentially, like the whole point of the movie is that she has to learn that to an extent at least she's wrong. Is that the point of the movie? Yeah. Okay. okay. So here, here's no, no, because here's the thing: she does something at the end of the movie. She goes and she sits on the bus, uh, on the the out of service bus bench. Did and she in make doing fun show, of the guy for sitting there. But eventually, like she comes to, like she says at that one point, "You're the only one I can count on. You're always going to be here." But by herself going over and waiting. She demonstrates faith, hope, and a sense of humor. Hmm. She's sitting at a bus bench, mm-hmm. waiting for an out-of-service bus to come. That's faith and hope. I mean, she did see or has she the guy him? already get picked up. <laughs> she saw the guy picked up, but then they focused on the out-of-service thing. Out-of-service. On yeah. the back of the bus bench. I mean, she still she, saw someone get picked up. She saw somebody get picked up. But she's also seen him sit there for days. True. I haven't had much time to break it up, break it down. But I, for a, there, there's a part of me that was questioning whether or not the whole bus thing was a metaphor for death and suicide. Um, Ooh. I wondered that too. Yeah. But I don't. I think ultimately, hmm. it's happier. It's difficult to say whether oh, it yeah. is. Because she does, her fantasy is to go off somewhere and disappear. Yeah. And that, that seems to be what she's doing at the end of the movie. But <laughs> she's doing something. She spends the entire rest of the movie with no plan, with no point. She's just like, I, there is a possible action to take. I'm going to take it with no thought of the consequences, but she's doing that. It's, it's all masturbatory up until the point where she's like, I am now going to do something about the situation I find myself in. She's Mm. going to leave. She doesn't find it tolerable to live in the town. She's not going to live in the town anymore. Okay. But she does so by sitting on a bench of an out of service bus. She does so by sitting on a bench of an out of service bus, which is the magical realism element of this movie. Right. I, yeah, I've always one, I've always like Gary thought of that as, did she just kill herself? Oh, okay. 
You yeah, know? Um, I, I, I totally got that exact same vibe. Yeah. From that I, as well. I will so say by, this. Because oh, I... Pa- you don't pack a bag. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Egyptians did. Well, and, uh, I, will say, I will say, why, why does the bag have to be a literal bag? Why can't that just be all baggage you're taking with you? Mm. So if that's the sense that, you know, that bus <laughs> is death and or suicide, does that mean that the old man had finally died? Yes. That's or, what yeah. I, that's how I took it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, like I said, it's up to, well, well, you like, it's up for an, Interpretation. Absolutely. We got look, that's the thing about magical realism. I don't know. That's the thing about buses. I just realized something. Do we know what happened to Eden's mom? Uh, I know. She was just gone before the movie started. I don't think we ever heard anything about her mom. So, I mean, at that age, that's a typical age when you start experiencing death and seeing death. I don't know. We know she hated the fuck out of Terry Gar. And what a wasted opportunity for Terry Gar. Like, I know one little scene. Look, she, work is work. <laughs> next to that young woman with such big breasts. <laughs> Wait, was that who that was? That uh, Maxine? Maxine yeah. was Terry Gar. Was Terry yeah. Gar. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are, are you but she sure? does say, I mean. I, Absolutely I'm sure. But, yeah, there's one scene my, she my says, problem, I am I Terry did, Gar. I am playing I the didn't role. recognize her. She wasn't saying anything about her. Role, 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 role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ties. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> my, what big knockers. Amazing Thank you. Set. I just had a pause. No, that's, that's uh, <laughs> Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Right, but it's high because it's small. Oh, it's, uh, yes, yes. Oh, oh, I see what you you were completing the sentence that yes. I, I see. I'll always be here for you. I'll be there for you. Unless I get on a bus and kill myself, question mark. <laughs> well, is that why it's called Ghost World? Because right. No idea. Because I honestly I would bump the movie up to a C minus if that was the actual ending. <laughs> if they were dead. If that she killed no, I mean, at least it, it it had some sort of conclusion of something. I didn't I didn't even think of it that. And I really <laughs> Well, you were asleep. <laughs> you took a nap. I woke up for that part. You never should have admitted it, Matt. <laughs> well I don't know if I liked the ending. I'm just glad it ended. I exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I actually really like that take on it. Yeah, it gives well, it something. It gives us exactly. It's something. Um, I feel well, like I would have liked the graphic novel better than the movie. I feel like I would What's like. The, sorry. Oh no! I was just gonna say I agree. I would like to. Well, I want to see. I want to. I now what I do want to see the graphic novel. Uh, is there more is there more of Becky's character because like the I think I thought what was really interesting is you know you do I did want more of Becky not just cuz it's Scarjo but I wanted more <laughs> of that story why you know we never see her parents why is she suddenly like why is she so adamant that she wants to get an apartment is there something going on with her parents that might be going a little too far but I mean you know she's very is it just that you know this is what you do after high school? Is there some other? Well, they've you know, also, they've also been 
planning this since the seventh grade. Seventh grade, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, they um, do mention that. That's right. But I, I did find it interesting that while they've had this plan since the seventh grade, we also find that, like you said, Enid's fantasy has always been to disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's been lying to herself about that, or lying to herself and to Becky, yeah. kind of since the seventh grade about wanting to move in. She, she's always known she didn't want to do that. That's right. not what she truly wanted. It's a mean bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I also don't think the chemistry was there for um, Seymour and Eden. Um, I couldn't under, I I, I know there's the age difference. And even if when it was in like um, friendship mode, I just didn't buy them as a, it felt like they were being forced into friendship because that's what the screenplay said. That was her character. Oh, I felt like I felt like she was playing him the whole time. Like I don't have to give you any kind of real attention or effort, but you're gonna let me kind of get away with anything. Well, I I agree with that, but I mean, as a movie, you spend at least fifty percent of the time with these two people together, and it, they just didn't have much of a dynamic relationship together or dynamic chemistry as actors, really. Well, She doesn't have a real, and and I think this is part of, to me, was part of the point of the movie. She, and and to Seth's point, she's depressed. She cannot make connections, real connections with anyone. She doesn't really make a connection with her longest friend. I mean, they have, they, they have this awkward, you know, they have these long pauses where they, you know, someone will say something there'll be a response and then it, but it's not comfortable pauses. It's not, you know, it's, it's awkward pauses and she has trouble connecting with anyone. And while I, I think the only thing that I'm saying is I think that that's kind of on purpose that her relationship and, and Enid and Steve Buscemi's relationship, it just seems always awkward because I, 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 she doesn't know how to make any real connection. Well, that's, you know, they're, they're both two socially awkward people, two mm-hmm. socially yeah. crippled people. Yes. Actually. Isolated. Uh, one's blind, yeah. one's deaf. Um, I did. Rob. <laughs> I did actually think they had chemistry. Yeah. It's awkward chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I think, yeah, like, and as far as it moving to, I, I did get, I did at least believe that she was at some point trying to, well, she felt bad for Steve Buscemi. She did. Yeah. I got that, that, mm-hmm. that much I did get from her. And um, he is so, scarred on himself that he doesn't believe that anybody would ever find anything uh, Mm -hmm. redeeming about him. So their efforts to connect, like you say, is just creates that awkward tension. Yeah. And then the time, the only time that they actually move to romantic is because she is threatened by Dana 
or and, and the fact right. that she has no one else. Yeah, well, but that's sort of her point with him anyway, is that she's finally found a grown-up who behaves the way she does. Hmm. And she's taking the wrong lessons from it. Like, Steve Buscemi's not happy. Right. But she thinks that not happy is the way to be because nobody's ever told her that she's depressed. Um, I'm not sure that she found someone who behaves like her. I think she found someone that she had complete control over. Except that she didn't. Well, and that's when... That's when it she wasn't working well. well. Because up until then it was. And then when she didn't, she was like, all right, now I'm going to fuck you. Well, that was, but, I mean, that was also because, like, um, I don't know. That scene seemed to me that she was, well, okay. Because after there was she, an element he broke of, up with uh, What's-Her-Face that he yeah. finally started dating... Then she pulled way back and didn't answer his calls. And you know. oh yeah, because she realized it was a mistake the minute it was done. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she she did it, and she realized, and she thought. I think at in the moment she honestly thought that's what she wanted. I'll give you that, but because that was getting her attention. Does that. Because yeah, but then that's not actually what she wanted. Now the whole thing, the whole problem for me is, I think it started earlier than that. Because I have never seen a fictional situation, thank you, Jane Austen, in which the girl (laughs) says to the guy, I'm going to find you someone Uh where there's not actually interest on the girl's part. Now, we're not supposed to think that or we're supposed to think it's weird because he's 42 and she's 18 and, like, obviously she's very attractive. Again, let me say this on... Mike, the whole the movie is trying to convince us that Thor Birch is not of attra- is not as attractive as Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. and they're both gorgeous. The movie is very yeah. wrong about this. I I want to, and we I I tried to say this during the watch. I don't know if, if you heard me. I don't think I did. Okay, what I think the movie is trying to say is that um, not that she's more attractive than. Thor Birch, but or that Becky is more attractive than Edith. Becky is more uh, commercial, for lack of a better word, or or mainstream than Enid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially with all of her hair dye color changes. Yeah, and punk clothes, and you know, it's a punk look. Don't uh, you don't get it? So <laughs> well, the, I, the whole reason that she does that. That whole hair dye is a point that we made earlier because ScarJo just a couple of minutes ago said, we're going to be looking at apartments. We need to look like yuppies. And what does, what does Enid do immediately after that? Is she green says, hair. fuck you, green hair. <laughs> yeah. And ScarJo's pissed. Yeah. Anyway, like, I'm when sorry. Did you do that? <laughs> when it's just obvious that she just did it. Just right. did it. But that's the whole that's sort of that's one of the places where they diverge where Enid catches on to what Becky is doing Becky's like we ought to look like upscale yuppies because Becky is like Becky kind of wants to be an upscale yuppie mm-hmm. and Eden is like no that's giving into it that's the trap they put you in and ah, blah blah you, so you she fall to the man yeah <laughs> dyes her hair green and gets angry about being a punk um 
But we were talking about Steve Buscemi. Yes. And <laughs> I, 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 I feel like we must, must address the wet mouth sounds of Steve Buscemi eating chicken. <laughs> eating fried chicken? Oh. Yes. oh, yeah. They zoomed in with that microphone. Oh. Oh. That was <laughs> intentional. It had to be intentional. Oh, of course. That's why we got, like, for, we, we start on a black, fr- a dark frame. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's just the sound of him eating that chicken, which is disgusting. Uh-huh. Although, he got I good do chompers. want some chicken right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, sloppy, sloppy sex. Oh, oh. <laughs> It is just so. I imagine when people say they don't like the word moist, yeah, that that's, that's feel the like. feeling that they're getting, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like stirring macaroni and cheese. That's what good pussy sounds like. That's that's like that's a good one. But yeah, got me there. That's the you know I just <laughs> I just figured that had to be mentioned. Now, as you were saying, Seth. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so again, like the movie is making the point that she is wrong to try to force this connection. And eventually even she realizes it. And I think he does too. But it takes him having a breakdown to do it. Oh, okay. Right now, there's now there's a lot of stuff that happens. Like he breaks up with this Nina. woman that he had a connection with, um, at least at the beginning. There is some indication that he's starting to sour on the relationship even before they sleep together. Well, even um, from the beginning, like their yeah. first their first date was yeah. clunky at best. But yeah. I feel like they both were. She had just gotten out of a bad relationship. Uh, yeah, and he had been alone for so long, so they were just glomming on to the first thing that came that was acceptable. Yeah. Um, uh, and she says, like, she doesn't like Laurel and Hardy. She tries to get him to dance. He doesn't want to dance. And there's other stuff like here. Have this thing because it old. It goes with your old knickknacks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And. Why but, are you hanging out with an 18-year-old girl? Why are you hanging out Which with an 18-year-old? Which is a fair fucking question. That's a that's, fair question. That's actually fair. Uh, but it's also then fair to say, I don't really know. She bought a record for me and now we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it, it, she, again... She later, she says to make him feel, or maybe even not to make him feel better, say, she says at that last scene, you're kind of my hero, which again, she's, she's looking at the wrong role model, right? Yeah. Because, and the reason that she's doing this is because from her perspective, everybody else is so far up their own ass that they can't see daylight. And she's starting to think that Becky is going that way as well. What she doesn't realize is that she's actually up her own ass too. That's what I was going to say. The biggest irony is that she is the most up their own ass. It's interesting because I like this and yet I don't like Catcher in the Rye, which kind of had the same, that there's a similarity to the character arcs. Yeah. Um, I, I Both make just, me want to kill a member of the Beatles. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Uh, but <laughs> I, I despise Holden Caulfield. Like I, if I never, if I never read Catcher in the Rye again, um, and I don't think I ever will, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> and that's saying something. This man reads voracious yeah. all the things. I, I read all the things. Um, but over and over again. Over actually. and over again. <laughs> sometimes, and yeah. sometimes I read new things, and sometimes my wife's like, "Why did you buy those new books? You have." So many books you haven't read yet. And I'm like, but they're not these books I just bought. <laughs> they don't have the same saying, stories. I kept That's thinking a, he was saying nude. And I was like, oh, Seth. I love nude books. No, new. And the funny part is <laughs> the people you care about say, why are you buying new books? And the people that care about me are saying, you bought a book? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you buy a book? Are you okay? You okay? <laughs> Are you hurting? Who hurt you? What's going on in your life? <laughs> now, the the other the other problem is that she's not entirely wrong. The art teacher is definitely up her own ass. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and which is because she's she's very much like. And she, she's meaning right to the not. extent that art needs to have a purpose and you need to figure out what that is. But these kids are also 18. That might be a little beyond them yet. And they failed their original art class and this yeah. is a summer makeup. It's a remedial art class, right? You're not <laughs> yeah. necessarily going to be finding people who have their artistic voice and know what it is that they're saying. That's actually what college or art school should be for is to help you develop it discover it you're not necessarily gonna be okay so she dismisses enid's drawings as cartoons enid clearly has talent and if the other guy too and the other (laughs) oh you mean the guy who drew the really bad like Leefield, the yeah, yeah, the mutilator, the, the mutilator. I was trying so hard to remember that, and I'm sorry, uh, and I, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted your 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 flow. No, 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 no. Please, please. But I, I've got more, Patrick. I've got plenty more to say. <laughs> Surprise! There's a, <laughs> no, uh, there's a scene where okay, so we when we are introduced to Ileana Douglas as the art teacher, she is going over the kids art uh, that they've turned in. I kind of like their first assignment. And unlike any art teacher in life, she is telling the, the one she doesn't like that they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, they that's you know, how I would teach. And, and, and yeah. so there's Enid, who we have seen throughout the movie, who is doing these sketches in her diary or whatever, or journal or whatever. Um, which and they're really good sketches. Uh-huh. And uh, we see this, we are introduced to this other kid, I cannot remember his name, I should have wrote it down, but he has drawn um a kind of scene from a video game that he plays called the mutilator yeah. and it's of this um Warrior? Game character <laughs> with this very large sledgehammer crushing the skull of a guy uh who is in the forefront of the picture and when she sees it she goes she asks him about it and he says it's from a video game she's disappointed and goes oh 
I thought you were going to say it had something to do with your father. <laughs> <laughs> and because they're not, and then there's this, she turns to this other girl who is um, describing this structure she made of coat hangers and she pulls something <laughs> out of her ass about abortion. And of course, she loves that. And she, uh, of course. Now, it, what's interesting to me is that I thought she was actually telling the truth. Yeah, I believe it. Well, I, I think it had to do with abortion because she knew it would sell, and it's yeah. but it's a crappy structure. Oh, right. Yeah, like I, it, oh, yeah. yeah. She was completely. The student was completely pandering. Right. Yeah. Uh, certainly yeah. in the second the t- the tampon and teacup thing, uh-huh. where she's obviously memorized some dem- definitions and has come into art class prepared. <laughs> well, and I oh. think it it wasn't that like she made a coat wire sculpture and then was like fuck how do i make this valid i think from the beginning she was like let yeah. me make this coat hanger bullshit and i'll say it's about abortion oh yeah, yeah. i i think definitely <laughs> that was how she was playing it yeah yeah gotcha. now it would have it would have maybe not been that if the co- if she managed to bend those into the shape of a cradle yeah like no this was but- just <laughs> was, Seth, please tell us all the ways you're going to make a beautiful art piece from coat hangers. I'm going to go get some coat hangers, guys. Well, I I would I would refer you to the uh, the first the the first something positive comic in in which the main character uh, Davin I think his name is uh, is talking about an, an old girlfriend whom he found out is having a baby and he says that he sent her a present in the last panel she's holding up a coat hanger looking very confused oh what that is yes wow i love wow. yes i was i was take uh, that is wow yeah <laughs> i was gonna Can say you send that, me a copy i was uh it's just something positive.com <laughs> there's um oh what's the line from South Park, bigger, stronger, bigger, uncut. longer, uncut. When uh, the resistance the, lives on. Yes, the the kid uh, who is like, oh, is that the case? Is it or is it like my mother when she tried to uh, when she scraped me in the room trying to have an abortion with a coat hanger? It's something he says <laughs> that I was just. I remember just going, what just happened? <laughs> But no, not unlike those things. This one. <laughs> um, so this yeah. is the part where I fell asleep because I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> oh, the art classes? The art, a lot those of, were the best parts. Yeah, they I mean, were. I remember some of it, but the whole hanger thing, I don't, I, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but no, I just, like, I, I was just aghast at the, like, seeing it i mean again this is a movie about horrible people but yeah seeing the teacher just tell her students that this is not how you make art this is, you know <laughs> when when clearly enid is is very talented and and cartoons are like it's a valid art form obviously and if you know there's there's ways of positive reinforcement for any of that Instead of it's trash, 
Well, yeah, and, and I did, mean, when, but... when you're teaching high schoolers about art forms, you teach them how a, a kind of art form, and you say, now make something that expresses your feelings in this kind of art form. Right. To make and sure that they understand how, how well to they express it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And you don't show them your college thesis project. That's right. Which is, but it's it's just like, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is that we should talk about this because we, we talked about the, the, the art piece earlier too, is that Enid figures out what's going on and she legitimately happens across something. It would be found art if she did anything. With it. Yeah, but she, she didn't she, do anything to it to make it. Yeah, found she's her. just like, now, what, what I think, because as a white man, and I am pronouncing it with the, the extra H in front of it deliberately, if you'd taken that, and then you'd taken some of the newer Cook's chicken, and you'd put like one, if you'd like put a Cook's chicken mascot slap bang in the center of the other one, or you'd shown the new one next to the old one, and then you'd shown the, like a series of sketches showing how it changed or something like that to make the point that, hey, this is part of our history that's really fucked up that we like to pretend didn't happen, but it's still with us. Something to say that rather than just going, here's an old poster. Or I went, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do what I'm famous for. What I would say. <laughs> Rename the poster. No, I, or even if she had just taken white paint. Yeah, and and mixed it with water and very you know made it very diluted, but then whitewashed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. that would have been poster. great. It would have li- literally been whitewashing art. Yeah, but there's or, or and then keep that in the background of all the new modern advertisement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's just like there's a place for it. But the other thing is again we see Enid is just half assing everything. Because I think even if she'd shown up at the art show and been and given the same explanation, there would have been a chance of her getting away with it. Yeah. But she couldn't even be bothered to show up to the art show because she's not taking anything seriously. Because why would she taking anything seriously as part of falling into their trap? Like when a full year scholarship to an art school drops in her lap and she's too cool for it. Yeah, because she doesn't want to end up like that teacher. She's just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> a full scholarship, including housing, including uh-huh. housing. Which, like, yeah, there, look, athletes get that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And well, Our this was specifically don't. an art school. Yeah, still. So yeah, <laughs> it's still right. The art school football team. Yeah. Only that. <laughs> oh my god, worst football team ever. <laughs> <laughs> their uniforms I'm, and their logo are gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and you linebacker. See how straight the lines are on the field. Oh, yes. <laughs> and how um, straight the linebackers are. Wait, what? what? A friend of mine went to an art school in Philadelphia called Bragg. Uh, U of Arts. <laughs> Uh-huh. And um, they had T-shirts made. U of Arts football team undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so Ghost World. Ghost World. Is there anything 
uh, anybody else wants to bring up about Ghost World that feel we haven't covered? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I I'm think gonna, leave I'm, this puppy dry. I think we gave it everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our, Sean, pacing, our pacing was a little better than the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I, I still loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's do this. Um, we're going to go around the circle. Uh, would you, if someone said, hey, Ghost World, should I check that out? Would you recommend it? <laughs> uh, starting with Rob. I would say, you know what? Don't waste your time. Seating order, Matt. Uh, no. Simple. Sean. <laughs> um, it would depend on whether it was Seth or I. Anyone else, I would say no. <laughs> well, that doesn't say you feel no, very strongly about it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I, I would actually. It, there, I, I think it would slightly depend on on particular people. Like, I would. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think. Like like certain beers, certain you know wines is an acquired taste, and I can see that. Um, but 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 I would recommend it to some people. Yes, Gary, if you want to see a good exercise in teens in acting like a teen, watch it for Scarlet Joe. Otherwise, no. Okay, Seth. Um, I think I would recommend reading the graphic novel over watching the movie, but. That should come as no surprise. <laughs> there you go. So you give people homework. No, okay. No. <laughs> Reading <laughs> is not homework. Reading is fundamental. Um, and it's a no for me. I, I, <laughs> I <laughs> this movie did terribly. <laughs> it's, but no, it's it has nothing. To, and of course, it's no knock against your pick, Sean. I think you did a great job. Yeah, I think Scar oh, did. She, I am Scar glad Joe to watch great. this. Clink, I'll clink Scar, to that. Scar Joe. Oh, I didn't bring my metal straw. It's <laughs> what is it? It's plastic. <laughs> it better be a reusable plastic. So, fun fact: uh, that's our last in the series of Watch Your Rolled. That was yeah. the end, wasn't it? That was the it last was. one. Does this mean we won't get to see Seth um, anymore? Um. <laughs> oh, that's I'll, cute. I just think we got rid I'll, of Seth. I'll, I'll, I'll just be say, there, Gary. We're, you'll be, you'll wherever, come back, right? Wherever people are talking about anything but politics, I'll be there. <laughs> oh whenever friends are creating signature cocktails and drinking them on a podcast, I'll be there. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Because but I've come Gary, to love you, Seth. If you, I'll clank to that. If you look in your heart, I'll be there. Now, I'm yes. not a doctor, but that can't be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't have add you officially because I feel like we made Matt work for it a little longer. Oh, so, yeah. So well, we'll have to... <laughs> Also, the other thing is I talk a lot. Well, so we have to give you a task. What? <laughs> Talking on a podcast? How very dare you? <laughs> no, we like it. We like yeah. your talkativeness. I mean, I like, I, oh, gosh, I like you guys too. Aww. And, and I don't so have you feelings add a level anymore. Of, you add a level of 
cerebral thought to this that we don't necessarily (laughs) always have. And I thought that was me. (laughs) Yeah. um, Rob, you you had a level of what slays your pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not cerebral thought? Uh, It's uh, vaginal thought. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Isn't that more of a piece of it? It's more of a cervical thought. Cervical thought. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a manginal thought? A little of everything. I like maginal. Maginal. So I have a little thing that I want <laughs> to do. You have a, you have a wonderfully sized thing. That Hello. You to do. Oh, that thing is a monster. I don't know what but, else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's a good one. But uh, <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's true. It's true. Plank tank after dark, you'll get dick pics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just go to our Patreon. Yes. You, you will are, not get dick pics. There are files and files of Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten any dick pics. Um, remember I sent you that picture of Richard Isaacs? That's, no, no, no. His well, that name's Richard, which is short for dick. Dick is short for Richard. That's what I was going for there. I like him as a person. Not short for anything. It wasn't uh. his penis. There aren't any penis pics. Um <laughs> I want to say penis again. Penis. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so what's your little thing you have for us? So it's a segment um, called, you know, Oprah has her favorite things. I have shit that I just like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I am so excited. Keep going. Uh, so <laughs> as a kind of... Um, I don't know, a byproduct of the COVID quarantining. Um, I have been doing a lot of shopping online. (laughs) And um, there are some things that have come across that I've just like, well, what is this magical thing that I never knew existed until now? And it's like, it's probably stuff that people already know about, but I just found it, so it's new to me. (laughs) So, I would like to share. And the first thing I want to share on shit that that Patrick lights is a weighted blanket. Yeah? If you do not have a weighted blanket in your life, you are missing out. So, I've heard a lot about them. What does it actually add? It is like being hugged constantly as you try to go sleep. It's like um, the the one I got is, and there is actually. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Maddie Vox has like five. Literally, <laughs> I was he's always cold. going to say my first first thought was a weighted blanket. <laughs> I was about to take off my shirt. <laughs> Maddie Vox is putting on a blanket. It is. Um, there, there's a, a, a an equation as to which weight you should get depending on your height and weight. Um, the one I have is 25 pounds, and um, it is just like it's just the pressure of yeah. um, having it on your body is very soothing and. Um, I, my fear was getting it in the summer is that this thing was just going to, I get hot very quickly. 
Um, but it's filled with like uh, these beads, and I think they're either glass or silicone or something like that. Um, <laughs> if Sorry. I if I had not been <laughs> drinking so much, I would have had more preparation. <laughs> but uh, I have notes, but I'm just not going to get up and get them. So, um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. I mean, someone <laughs> someone could look it up online, uh, but it's uh, it doesn't add heat. It just adds oh. the weight. Um, and then you can get a cover for it for the time of year. And the one I have is microfiber and it's breathable. So again, it doesn't add heat. It's just allowing you to feel the, the pressure. Uh, and like I said, it, um, it lulls me to sleep so well. And even just like Matt is doing now, just throwing it around your shoulders. It's like um, very comfortable, very cozy. Um. So tell me about two things. First, I want to know um, washability. And then also I want to know, like, is this something you use like to sleep in your bed or like something you use on the couch? Um, so as far as washability, uh, like I say, you get, you get a cover for it so that it's like a duvet cover. Mm -hmm. And so um, you, you, know, you can take it out and wash the cover you don't have to wash the inside. I think the inside is washable, though. I just, uh, it, and Matt is a firm. Sarah, Sarah washes it. I don't know how she does it. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then secondly, wow. I, I have it on my bed. I sleep under it every night. Um, and the cool thing about it is if I do, I'm, I still like toss and move a lot in my sleep. So if I get to a point where I don't want it on me, I will usually end up like just folding it. And when I sleep on my side, I sleep with it in between my legs uh, so that it's covering one leg and then one leg is on top. And it's still, I still get that kind of pressure um, with it. <laughs> now, what's funny is <laughs> yeah um my dog yes. lana you know our cling tank <laughs> one of our cling tank dogs yes. um she is a burrower burrower so she likes to get up on the bed and then get under the covers and then turn herself around and kind of wrap the covering covers around her mm -hmm. like a little burrito <laughs> when I first got it, she went up under it, and you could see her kind of like hunched down with the pressure of it. And so she took a couple of steps and then just laid down under it and did not attempt to turn it around. <laughs> but she likes it me. too. Um, but yeah, so while it does make making your bed like CrossFit. Uh, <laughs> that's good for you that's morning yeah. cardio like i said patrick's uh suggestion everybody get one you can find them online relatively affordable mm -hmm. weighted blanket Love. Weighted blanket. i concur <laughs> I've, I've actually like rob i've heard a lot about them my big fear is i radiate like i think there we've had this conversation before i radiate heat i mean mm -hmm. It's, it's just, even in the winter, 
you know, I have, I don't have a lot of blankets on me and I've always been worried that the extra weight would equal me just getting way too, way, way, way too hot. Right. But you're, you're selling me on it there. Yeah. Take it from the inferno. You will not, <laughs> it does not add heat. But Sean, but the way I, I, though I'm looking at Matt and the one that he has on him now, now that type of cover that he has on adds a little heat. Right. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very warm, but it's made for that. Yeah. And Matt needs that. Yes. I need that. <laughs> As he's, he's made of ice. He's under that in a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> On the couch in clothes. August. Because <laughs> we have no concept of when time happens. It's, it's the middle of summer. And it's still hot out. <laughs> you look so cozy, uh, though, Matt. I do. I feel cozy. You do look cozy. So that's, yeah, that's shit Patrick likes. I love, oh, I love shit it. Patrick likes. <laughs> I love it. I'm doing some Amazon shopping right now. Send me the link. <laughs> you, you got it. I did all the research. <laughs> um, so, Rob, you have a PSA for us? I do have a PSA for us. <gasps> Let me set you up, baby. Uh, now is the time we turn to our resident Rob. <laughs> and uh yeah because we don't have another one so uh <laughs> ask, rob give us a psa on this episode's rob psa we bring in a very special guest and it's the one and only scarlett johansson <laughs> she has been quoted saying when we live our lives every day, we're met by opportunities, and most of us don't even recognize them. And I want us to think about that. We do live our lives every day, and there are opportunities that I'm sure we're met, and sometimes we don't recognize them. And you know what? while we're living our lives every day. How about when we meet those opportunities, we do recognize them. This has been a Rob's PSA, brought to you by Scarlett Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the views expressed during Rob's PSA are not necessarily the views of the Clink Tank, but apparently they're the views of Scarlett Johansson. So if you got something to say, take it up with her. Patrick, would you like an umbrella for all that shade? <laughs> I oh, don't or maybe one of those pretzels for all that salt. Oh, <laughs> there goes the blood pressure. <laughs> no grapefruit. Cholesterol. <laughs> God, we just sound so old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we, you know, there's a certain amount of, you know, we, maturity. We are maturity. age. We have, goddamn it, we've we've done well getting this far in these days yeah. and ages. Yeah, we've got age and beauty. There is shit out there that just wants to take you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, not on a date. You're saying I'm a, a target. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're certainly <laughs> triggering. <laughs> <laughs> you're more of a turk lens, not really a target. <laughs> yes, mama. I'm a Marshalls, maybe. <laughs> so, guys, yeah, I, uh, 
I'm going to say let's um, let's 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 take it into final thoughts. Yes, I love that. Yeah, Rob. Although you I know, know what I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say. You know what? My my final thought is um, we live our lives every day. <laughs> We're met by opportunities, and most of us don't even recognize them. Does that move us on to Maddie Bach. Uh, well, when in doubt, always quote ScarJo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my final thought is just going to be drink water, bitches. (laughs) Hydration is good. I I had like two days last week where I just had these really, really horrible headaches. And Mike was like, have you had any water? And I was like, you know what? I was just, I was busy at work and I hadn't, you know what solved those headaches? Drinking some water. So hydrate, bitches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hydration I, is I really real. Seth? Oh, well. <laughs> I think my final thought is um, I think we need to give the teens better role models. <laughs> I, I think that's like what we me. need to do. And I think we also need to like stop expecting them to save the world because we're going to have to work for that as well by which i mean vote gary (laughs) um my final thought is (sighs) thora birch is in my top three least favorite actors good lord wow (laughs) (laughs) what did she ever do to you wait no is that is that just the final thought we don't question it that's it i'm sorry like i have a very visceral reaction to her poor acting in this movie well interesting enough she was nominated for a golden globe for best actress Mm, i think that had to do more with the director patrick what is your final thought (laughs) um my final thought is inspired by this movie. Um, it one of the things that I did feel watching this movie is like this was two thousand and one, and this kind of was the, or at least my exposure to uh, teenagers not really wanting or considering caring about something uncool or, or you know that was that was the persona to that it was not hip to try or 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 you know be a be vested in something and that you know art reflects life and so where we are now is we've you know got a bunch of people walking around thinking that you know having this laissez-faire attitude about everything and anything makes them edgy or different or special. And we are suffering because of it. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best not to go political, but I'm going to talk around it as best as I can. I'm going to skate around this. Like my name is Nancy Kwan or Michelle Kwan. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Kwan. Nancy Kerrigan Nancy. or Michelle Kwan. No, Nancy Kwan is her son. <laughs> love child. Like her uh, <laughs> name is Michelle Kwan. Um, 
we have got to give a fuck about shit right now. Um, we, we can't, we, you can't as a person have that kind of attitude and expect much from your, your life. Uh, you, you, that's just a, a shitty <laughs> persona thing to do to yourself. You know, you're, when you suppress caring about something, you're suppressing joy, you're suppressing life and living, you're suppressing happiness in your day to day. And then you turn around and you say, Oh, I'm depressed. Of course, you're fucking depressed. You don't give a shit about anything. So find a way to give a fuck. Find a way to get outside of yourself and care. Not to sound like the old man in the room, but care is cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we care about you. And Aww. we want <laughs> you to thrive. To drink. <laughs> and drink. <laughs> but don't drink and thrive. And with that, I say, we love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Patrick Donahue. I'm Rob White. Box. Shawnee B. Gary Bernard And I don't know, possibly future co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Don't get ahead of yourself. And we said, I mean, care about it. Yeah, we. <laughs> No, I didn't understand what you were saying. Cheers. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>